just about that action, boss. But I'm asking you is a simple question. We we talk about the GOAT here, the greatest of all time, Michael Jordan, and you running your mouth talking about you're going to be the one-on-one. Why would you say something so blasphemous? blasphemous? He would need help. We're getting ready for Cincinnati. Back for the start of the fourth quarter. Coach Popovich, your thoughts on the third quarter. We're behind. You're listening to Sunday Sports Central, brought to you by 88.1 The Berg, KCWU. Welcome on into Sunday Sports Central. I'm your host, Will Ortner. Joining me as always is Ray Green and special guest star, I'm going to say, Gabriel Strasbaugh. How are you doing, buddy? Good. How are you doing today, Will? I'm doing fantastic. Well, you know, basically this whole, the last three days are like a holiday for me, right? Oh, it's a beautiful day. It should be a national (laughs) holiday. That's what I'm saying. Well, pretty soon. Like for a long time, everyone goes Super Bowl should be a national holiday. Well, with the extension of the season, guess where it falls? There you go. President's Day. So wow. we will get this, the Monday after the Super Bowl off. My new petition is now that we should get either Friday or Thursday and Friday off <laughs> for the draft. That's funny. I don't think we're going to get that one, but, I mean, it's worth a shot. No, I mean, it, it's in a long line of my ideas that I think would work well. Like the four-day work week, I'm very pro that. I think that March Madness, I should get those Thursdays and Fridays off as well. But I digress. It's not what's important right now. I mean, we could just get the whole month of March off just to study the film. That Well, there you go. It's, it's the only logical thing. And so if you can't figure it out yet, Look, we're talking NFL draft. This isn't Sports Central this Sunday. This is Draft Central. So we are going to be doing a deep dive on the NFL draft. We're going to talk the picks we liked, picks we didn't like. We're going to talk about great picks or great team picks who won the draft, who lost the draft. And look, I'm not saying that it's too early because everyone else is doing it, but we're going to judge people whether we're right or wrong. I mean, just look at the 2012 Seahawks draft. Everyone said that was an F, and half of those guys are going to be Hall of Famers, you know? No question. So we're going to do a way too early winners and losers, but look, it's fine. That's just the culture we're in. And I think the best place to start with this draft, right, is we were talking about it in the break. Do we want to go the first 10 picks? Do we want to go with the quarterbacks? Well, pick number one lets us do both because the first pick, it's Trevor Lawrence, right, out of Jacksonville. They ended up taking him. Uh, the QB from Clemson, the consensus number one forever. Gabe, could there be any chance that this is a wrong pick? I think it's a pretty good um, idea that it isn't going to be a good pick. And I think that's because Ooh. one person cannot change a culture. Um, I just don't really buy into the system. I think that I've seen the guy play really well in the regular season, just like my Saints have, just to fall apart kind of in the playoffs. And so, yeah, I, I wouldn't have gone with Lawrence number one, but – really so you so you take so you're going so you are always going like they should not have taken lawrence or is that just like because of the espn article no 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 i would have gotten rid of the number one pick done a complete overhaul because i think you need many many more weapons than just that quarterback and i think that you could have gotten a guy like a justin fields or a mac jones who is just as serviceable as a trevor lawrence okay so your idea is trade back get like Four or five first-round yep. picks out of Trevor Lawrence. Yep, absolutely. Interesting, Ray. You said it's a hot take. What's your What's your opinion? I think if we if you if you're the Jaguars, you gotta take you gotta take Lawrence. That's the easy safe pick, right? But in my opinion, I think that they're trying to build a team around him. So mm-hmm. that's what they're that's what they're gonna do. They're starting off today or whatever day they drafted on Thursday with just Trevor Lawrence and then they're going to add pieces as they go. It's not going to this year is not going to be their championship run year. They're not going to be amazing. They're going to do better than last year obviously, but I think that they're just going to build piece by piece and put this thing together and then turn themselves back into a playoff team. Uh when they kind of had Fred Taylor and all those guys. Mm-hmm. So, I yeah. mean, yeah, I mean they kind of already are putting those pieces together with him and ETN. You know, they got two guys that already have chemistry. Exactly. And then, yep. you know, get him some receivers. He's going to be solid. But 
I think the biggest mistake that Jacksonville did that they uh, that they made was just not getting some more guys on that defensive side because they need a defense, man. They're, like if you look at it, every year they get terrorized on the run on the run end. Like I think they were the 30th team in the in, the, in run defense this year. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you look at it, like I mean, just look at it. Derrick Henry destroys them every time they play. He goes for like at least 150, a stiff arm, and a couple house calls. So yeah, no, I I so here's the thing, I. You have to take Lawrence. I, I get what you're saying, Gabe, but I think that if you do that and you're not right and all those guys don't hit and Trevor Lawrence hits, everyone's fired. GM, coach, you're all gone. <laughs> I think you have to take Lawrence. and Because here's the thing. If Lawrence doesn't pan out, it like everybody said he was the consensus. Sure. So if he doesn't pan out, you're not going to get crucified for it because everybody thought he was a can't miss or at least as close to can't miss as can't miss is right Mm -hmm. so i think your hands are tied you had to take him no matter what where i think the draft gets interesting is in the number two pick right when you're starting to look over here at zach wilson so zach wilson going into the year out of byu is in a qb position battle at his college to make sure that he is the starter he goes out and has a great year kind of a one-hit wonder like a mac jones a joe burrow if you will Right. But for whatever reason, Joe Burrow got nitpicked a little bit about it. Mac Jones for sure got nitpicked about it. Like, hey, you only had one good year. Like, can you prove it more? Trey Lance only had one good year. Right. And nobody like people kind of nitpicked them. Right. A little bit. Zach Wilson did get nitpicked about it at all. Right. And so it's weird to me that out of out of nowhere he became the consensus you have to take him no matter what the Jets are going to take Wilson at number two. Why? Why did that kind of happen out of nowhere? He's not playing against great competition. He's playing at BYU. It's not like he's going through a Power 5 conference. Yeah, he looked really good, but when you're, the best team you play is Coastal Carolina, I could look good against Coastal Carolina. Well, sure, that's the same argument that people have had for so many years when it comes to like the Patriots dynasty you know, just because Brady had to play against teams like the Dolphins, Bills, and Jets twice a year kind of thing. So I definitely understand why people, you know, there were some people who came after him a little bit for the competition, but you're right. No one even thought to give it a second thought. It was just automatically this is going to be the number two guy, even though the Jets have had that guy who was doing the exact same throws at the pro day except against an actual NFL defense when it mattered. I don't understand why you'd get rid of Darnold and the fact that he's 23 you can develop him still mm-hmm. so why waste that number two pick on a guy like um on a guy like Zach Wilson so so my question there though is, has Darnold lost the locker room because at that point these guys have been with Darnold for what three years now uh, three yeah. three four years <clears throat> yeah. and so when you've seen a guy fail and fail and fail for all that time it kind of builds up a callus in your head to them right oh, yeah you've seen ghosts Exactly. But it's, it's also like with your teammates with confidence and Ray and I, I think we can attest to this really well is because like when you, when you play with someone, you kind of begin to get, get like, I don't want to say stereotypes, but beliefs about them, right? Like if someone is constantly coming up clutch, you start to just be like, Oh, that's a, uh, that's a clutch player for us. I trust that guy. If you have a guy that is constantly failing, you're going to have no confidence in him as a teammate. And so there could be some guys that are already like, I don't even really want to play with Darnold because I don't like I've seen him fail so much, whether it's his fault or not, because I I think it's more to blame on Adam Gase. I was about to say, but then you got to look at the coaching staff aspect of it. What kind of opportunity was he given? Plus, he's throwing the guys like Crowder. Get rid of his top receiver in Anderson and send him right to Carolina to then pair with Darnold. Yeah, no, and, and 100%. I, I still think Darnold has a chance to do a little bit of like a an Alex Smith, Tannehill-type resurgence at uh, Carolina, especially since Carolina seems to think that. But I do think it is, you know, fair to kind of say like, hey, he's failed for three years. It's time to bring in someone else because at that point you've lost the locker room. W- what are you thinking on the, the Zach Wilson draft pick? Yeah, I think that's exactly what happened. It was Sam Darnold wasn't that guy for them anymore. Mm-hmm. Traded him away, and they needed to find a new leader, and they weren't gonna put they weren't gonna put it into their backups' hands. So they went to the young talent. I think they're again gonna have to trust into another guy that's iffy. Sam Darnold was even iffy, iffy coming into the draft, coming out of what USC. Yeah, he only had a he only had like a, a 
one good season. I think that was his junior or senior year at SC, but he also had good good receivers. So he had a, he had a really big bowl game. If everyone remembers yeah. the, the Rose Bowl, bowl. yeah, the, yeah, Rose, the Rose, Rose Bowl against Penn State, he had a huge yeah. Rose Bowl and his sophomore year, and then his junior year he wasn't as good. But yeah. the belief was, well, you lost Juju and you lost Adoree, who right. was playing a little bit on the offense. So that's a good point too, Ray. Like maybe yeah. maybe we missed it with Darnold too. Like Darnold could be one of those one one hit wonder guys. So that that's that's an interesting point that you bring up there. And then uh we'll go into we'll just do the quarterbacks. Let's do the five quarterbacks. And it's easy cuz we can stay at number 3, San Fran, they take Trey Lance. Yeah, I could not believe this one. I was very 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 shocked. I like when I heard this, I was I was eating a taco. <laughs> so I'll take you through that moment. I'm eating a taco. And I'm like I'm like mid crunch in here. The third pick in the NFL draft. The 49ers select Trey Lance. I was like, whoa. I spit out my food a little bit, and I was like, are you serious? Like, how do you not take Justin Fields? I think this is a big mistake because not to disrespect the FCS or anything, but he came out of NDSU, and they're a dominant program, but they have, you know, they're just – I think it's a well-coached program, not a very player-talented program. A lot of guys that do come out of there, like Carson Wentz, weren't super amazing without a great coach. Look at Carson Wentz when he went to the NFL. Same thing. He had a great coach that was behind him with the Eagles before that coach was uh, got uh, got put away. Right, so he was doing amazing. And then new coach, new system change. He's not used to it. He's not adjusted to it. It's not his his uh, play style, and he does not good. Gets replaced by Hurts. I see the same type of same type of deal with Trey Lance here. If that system isn't uh, just for him, then I don't think it's gonna work. And I only think that. I think that he was just uh, he was prematured into the draft. If he, I think if he would have stayed another year and proven that he's dominant like he was the season before, but you know, kind of COVID happened, so he opted into the NFL draft. But if he would have had that season to kind of prove himself, I'd be a believer. But I don't think he outplayed or outshined Fields. Fields played in that championship game against Clemson like nothing, like he and he was hurt. Yep, he had a. I think he had a bruised rib or like a. That took or some a, guts. Yeah, yeah, or like yeah. a rib contusion. I, I think or something. he broke it. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. And so the fact that he's doing that and making big time throws, big time plays, it's just like, uh, I don't think, I don't know, because even in the pro days, when you're looking at his pro day, Trey Lance didn't do anything amazing. Nothing that Justin Fields couldn't do. So that's my take on that. True. Well, and the, and the level of competition is definitely a thing. And Lance is another, you know, he, he's a one-year wonder, right? Like, he had a great one year. Better than, you know, pretty much it's ever been done before. But at the same point, he has, he has less than 400 snaps, guys. Yeah, he has the he has the least amount. He's less than or sorry, pass attempts. Le- yeah, he has the pass least attempts. he has the least yeah. amount of pass attempts in a QB drafted in the first round since like nineteen like forty. It's insane. And now they're taking him number three. Number three, but his upside, dude, it it's unreal. And he might be dating Colin Cowherd's daughter, so like we know he's got game. <laughs> we know he's confident. Jeez. We know he's got some charisma. So my thing about it, and I, so I, I'm more wary of Fields. I think with the last three guys, right, between Fields, uh, Lance, and Mac, uh, Mac Jones, they all three have a big, like, worry for me, right? Like, Trey Lance uh, doesn't have enough experience. And then for me, Fields and, and Mac Jones, I'm worried that the teams that they played with hid some of their faults. Like, when you play with – guys like Chris Olave, right? Mm-hmm. And uh Trey Sermon. You have these guys that can hide your flaws with Justin Fields. With Mac Jones, you're throwing to a Heisman winner in Devontae Smith, a top ten draft pick in um Jalen Waddle, not to mention the rest of the cast around you. Your running back is Najee Harris, right? Mm-hmm. So you have just an, an insane plethora of guys. We're not even talking about your O-linemen who never let you get touched. So the question there is, for me, are are like some of their flaws hidden? Because that's been kind of a question now. Like, name the last great Alabama quarterback. You can't. There isn't any. Name the last great Ohio State quarterback. <laughs> Joe <None>. Burrow. <laughs> he went to Ohio State. <laughs> that's very true. He went to Ohio State for those he, years. He had, a, he had a really good eight games until he got his <laughs> knee snapped in half. Yeah. yeah. Right? Exactly. So – 
So I understand there's a fear there with teams taking those guys. But I also think there should be a fear with Lance. Like, yes, he has all this upside. But you know who else had a lot of upside? Jamarcus Russell. There's been <laughs> you plenty know? of quarterbacks who have had a lot of upside. Exactly. And so for me, when, like, yes, if Trey Lance is the guy you think is the right guy, for sure. Like, good pick. But I'd be worried if I was a San Francisco 49er fan of, like, Dude, we just sold the farm for this guy. Oh, yeah, you did. You really did. We sold the farm for a guy who has less than 400 career pass attempts in college at a lower level. Not an FBS level, an FCS level. You also have to realize now he's playing against the NFC West defenses now. This is not going to be fun. This is not going to be fun getting smacked by J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones and Aaron Donald and Jamal Adams. Yes. Yeah. No, 100%. And – that being said, though, I think Kyle Shanahan, other like it's either him or Sean McVay is the smartest offensive minds right now in the NFL. In maybe, terms of play calling, sure. Yes, and maybe LaFleur, too. You could probably throw his hat in there. So if there is anyone who could do it, it is Shanahan. And let's not pretend like Trey Lance is some stick in the mud. Like, there's a reason he's a top five pick. There's a reason he's the number three guy off the board. But I do think there are some things that you can question about him. There are some fears and legitimate concerns that I think teams should ask about. I think the only thing the the only reason that he was taken so high is because of recency bias. I do not believe in really? Trey Lance at all. I wow. think that is an absolute waste of a pick. Now, I've stated on the record for a long time that I would have gone with Mac Jones given that situation with San Francisco because you're talking about a team that's just coming off of an NFC championship victory just two seasons ago. Yeah. If they can, you know, keep the injuries at a down low, then I think that Mac would have given them more of an opportunity to have more of a stable offense, kind of like Tampa Bay has with Brady kind of thing. I, I don't buy into Lance just because it, it's it, there's no experience, and he's so young. And the, I think the thing that worries me is that once he gets to San Francisco, if he gets rocked by these defenses early, it will, just like you said with Darnold, crush the spirits. Maybe it's done then. Well, let's not act like San Fran has a slouch of an O-line. And then also oh, that they have a great O line. Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan likes to move around. You just paid your left tackle a lot of money. So he better show up. Highest paid left. Yeah, I would say he's the highest. Paid yeah, highest paid by like 10, 10 grand. <laughs> he did ten grand just to beat Bakhti. Exactly. Uh, and Trent Williams. So, and you have Glinchy as your other right tackle. So you should have good pass pro around him. But but I get it too. I I understand that. My my fear again though with Mac Jones is. Who has he played with? And then let's not act like if someone gets by that old line, is Mac Jones getting around him? Not yeah, really. But I think that's he exactly what I was going to say. You're right. Mac Jones is just not athletic, and that's mm-hmm. Trey Lance's kind of edge over some of these other quarterbacks besides Fields is that he's yeah. super athletic. Like Trevor Lawrence is even pretty athletic. He's pretty fast and agile. You saw uh-huh. that in the championship games that he's played. But if you look at uh, Lance, he's just more athletic, and he has good decision-making, whereas Mac Jones, he had – he didn't really have to have to make tough decisions because his receivers were so elite. Mm-hmm. He was throwing to guys that were already wide open or going to be open. Like look at his last four receivers, if you want, if you will. Yeah. Henry Ruggs, um, uh, Judy, Judy. Yep. Then there's Devontae, and then now Waddle. Like you had four guys that are all in the league, and that was in one receiver room. Mm-hmm. So if you run a four a four receiver set, that's <laughs> that's <laughs> all NFL that's, guys that you're throwing to, and then you have. NFL running backs in your backfield every year as well. Yeah. And you have offensive linemen that are going to be in the league one day. Yeah, I mean, you're already playing on, a, on like, a low-tier NFL team. So, it's like, you know, he has a lot of help against guys that in the end – excuse me, against guys that are in college who probably won't even get a shot on Sunday. I think there's something to be said, though, about being in that culture and learning how to win in that culture, though. And mm-hmm. I think that can instill something into a player, especially a quarterback. And, you know, it's just like Mac Jones walking out with that strut and going to get that hat. I think he's just got that that inner fire in him right now to prove that he is as good as, you know, the national championship and playing with all those guys, but getting the chance to be in that spotlight and win in that spotlight. I think that's where do he's going to succeed. Do you, do you think he beats out Cam? Oh, absolutely. I think he – Really? I mean, once we get uh, – you know, I got my bold take that we'll get to once we get there. Okay. But when we get to Mac Jones, I'll let you know what I think of him. 
Okay, well, right. you know what? Let's just leapfrog. We'll get back to Justin Fields. Let's just go right there. We're talking Mac Jones a lot. Mac Jones, he was taken, I'm looking, 15, I believe, 15 to the Patriots. Yeah. Came out strutting. He looked He looked mad. No, he looked he, like. He looked He looked like me, he was about to call the manager. To me, it looked like he was walking out. Like He looked like a car dealer, yes. a car salesman, walking to go finish that deal. He he looked That's what he looked like to me. He was just trying to go get his keys to the car. He, so the person would walk out and hurry up and buy it. As a former car salesman myself, I can personally say I would have bought in a car from that guy. <laughs> from that he guy. had that attitude. He he yeah. looked he looked a little upset. And look, I you know what? I don't blame him because you think you're gonna go third and then all of a sudden you drop to fifteen. Now you're at the Patriots. That's a pretty good spot to drop to. You know, you're playing with the hoodie, best coach ever. Ever probably, I think that's a fair statement. So you have a hot take on him. Let's hear it. I want to hear it. The dynasty continues. They really, w- they will be in the Super Bowl in three seasons. The Patriots will return back to the Super Bowl. Now, when I say dynasty, I will say this: I'm not sure if it'll necessarily relate into like, let's say, three Super Bowls in four years in terms of winning. Okay. But I think that he will take New England back to the promised land of getting to the Super Bowl, and I don't see why he can't go to a couple of them in his career. I think that Bill knows that that was the guy he wanted. He didn't have to move a single lick to get the guy, and he got his hmm. Tom Brady 2.0. Now, I know that it's hard to compare a guy, you know, from college to the GOAT, but, yeah. you know, I, I'll tell you what, it just it, it smells like it. It smells like Bill did it again. And it's just going to happen because he got a guy with a championship mindset, and now Bill can teach him how to win the championship on the National Football League stage. Are you thinking that just because he has the same body type as Tom Brady did? Not in necess- the combine. Not necessarily. I chubby? say that. <laughs> well, slouch. Hey, listen. Who needs a six pack when you got a keg? Hey. But <laughs> I, th- I think a lot of it ties into. Also, who's coming back for the Patriots, too? I think their defense is going to get better because they're going to get players back from opting out last year. Mm -hmm. They have made a ton of improvements with a wide receiver or with a quarterback's best friend, tight ends, tight Mm -hmm. ends, tight ends. And they got fast ones, they got physical ones, and it's going to give Mac Jones that opportunity in his first couple years. Even if he feels flustered, I can dump it to these guys and not feel as pressured necessarily. And that's going to be a big deal, especially when you're playing against Buffalo. Got you. No, I I agree. I I I don't know if I agree with that whole take because like, dude, not just do you have to go through Kansas City, who by the way love their draft. You have to go through Buffalo in your own division, right? And let Miami won ten games last year. I'm not sleeping on Miami. That. Should have been a playoff team oh, last year. If we're if we're speaking on Miami, they had the best draft. Really? Whoa. Okay. Whoa. Hold yeah. on to that. We'll talk yeah. about that more in the in the next half hour. Miami. They're no slouch, too. So you have to go through those teams. Let's also remember in the AFC, I think that the Chargers are going to – I got a lot better in the draft. Oh, they got a guy who's easily top five possibly ever. So I think that they are going to continue to build. I think the AFC is strong. So I don't – I'm pumping the brakes on you on getting there. I – here's the thing about Mac Jones for me is I'm worried that he came out of Alabama – Like, unfair to him, for sure, but I'm worried about it. And I'm worried about decision-making. He's got a couple DUIs, am I correct on that? Mac Jones, yes. I know he has one. He has two. He has two. That shows poor decision-making. And in in some programs, that gets you kicked out. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I, I am worried about it. Like, I'm worried about the video that he had leaked where he's $100 million, ah, doing all that, you know, bogus garbageness. It's like I am, I am a little bit worried that he's got a little Johnny in him. He's got Ooh. a little Manziel in him. I, I don't know. And I could be wrong, and maybe it's like, dude, this guy has made three mistakes ever in his life. These are the only ones. And they just are all, like, huge deals. But I'm not going to lie. I'm a little worried about his decision-making. But then also, like, was his were his flaws hidden? Were they? Hey, three times a charm. Maybe Bill will straighten them out. And figure it out, you know? Who knows? What are your thoughts, Ray? On Mac Jones' decision-making? Just Mac Jones, man. Do you like him? Do you not? um, I definitely do like him. He's got a little bit of swagger to him. But I can see see what you're talking about with the Johnny Menzel thing, with the DUIs and stuff, and kind of – but I feel like he's not not so much like Johnny, more like more like Baker. 
Got you. Baker's the same type of same type of swag. Like he yeah. has that same issues. That it factor, same issues, but mm-hmm. he handled it pretty well. So I think he'll do better than Johnny. I don't think he'll end up like that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he still has to come in and beat out Cam. Yeah, earn his rights and stuff like hard. that. But yeah, really? it, it might not it might not be the hardest thing to do. But I'm telling I, you, if you look at Cam's last season, he only had a month of off season to be with that uh, with that team and learn the system. If he gets a full off season like he is right now, I I feel like he's going to be harder to beat just because he'll know ev- the ins and outs of everything. As to where Mac Jones now has to play catch up to learning the system. It all depends for me on if he beats out Cam early or not. On how is it beginning of the season Cam shoulder? or end-of-the-season Cam shoulder. Beginning of the season, Cam could throw the ball still. But after he had COVID and oh. he came back from it, Cam couldn't throw the ball anymore. And we know he's had a bunch of sh- shoulder issues. Mm-hmm. That, to me, it's what Cam do you get? If you get beginning of the season Cam, he doesn't beat out Cam. If you get end-of-the-season Cam, he probably beats out Cam. And look, if he is Baker Mayfield, you can win a title with Baker Mayfield. That's That's not – necessarily a bad thing to get a baker mayfield type an average slightly above average nfl quarterback before we get into a break we're going to do it really quick uh at 11 the bears they traded up they got justin fields someone in chicago i heard it i can't remember who said it it was a uh, it was a radio uh call they said that that was so the fact that they drafted fields and aaron Rodgers might leave green bay could end up being the greatest day excluding Super Bowls in Chicago Bears history. Oh, yeah, for sure. I strongly disagree. Why do you agree, Ray? Oh, I agree because once Aaron Rodgers is out of there, that le- that division is pretty open because Aaron Rodgers is the king of that whole – Really, he really is the king of quarterbacks at the moment right mm-hmm. now, in my opinion, besides Tom Brady. But I feel like Aaron Rodgers has been right there kind of in that, in that backseat role behind – behind uh behind Brady but so, okay go keep going sorry yeah and then just you know with the with the Bears I think that they're building something great because that defense has been outstanding mm-hmm. the offense does need a little bit of work and I don't and I don't think they even did they get a receiver in this draft I don't even think they did um I, I'll look I don't think they I'm, got a I'm receiver not sure if they did. yeah, yeah I, I, I can look I don't think they got a receiver, but I know. Oh, actually, they got a receiver from North Carolina, so he's and, pretty decent. And they have Allen Robinson. Yeah, and they got Alan, and, yeah. no A. Rob's. To, uh, he went to the Big Apple. Oh, I'm wrong then. Yeah, he's out of here there. So I don't know. It's gonna be hard for them. It's gonna be hard for them to do great on offense. But what, if they can find some receivers for Fields, then I agree with this statement for sure. Interesting. So I I don't because you don't know if Fields is going to be good or not. Let's just look at the last five quarterbacks taken early draft, right? You don't have to look that far. It's the Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold draft, right? You had Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, Josh Allen, and Lamar. Lamar. All five of those guys got taken. You've got an MVP, an MVP caliber player, and then you have Baker, who's decent. The other two were massive flameouts, right? That's the best ever when it comes to a five-person like quarterback draft the next closest is the Dante Culpepper Donovan McNabb draft the, the other three guys in that draft are all flameouts Tim Couch are we talking about just like best quarterback drafts no 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 Here, here's what I'm saying though when we've had five quarterback drafts taken before how many of them usually hit oh yeah one one yeah. maybe two two maybe. two if you're lucky and then the other one, jury's still out if they get a third, right? The third's usually a mediocre starter. Yeah, Baker. Well, it's shoot, usually the second's a mediocre starter. And if Trevor Lawrence is as good as everyone says he is, can't miss, can't miss, right? Colin, Colin Cowherd's been saying that he's the next best thing since Andrew Luck, right? Next best thing since John Elway. If he's supposed to be as good as they say he is, then the next person, by the law of averages, at best can be average. Now, you can still win Super Bowls with average. You can win with below average. Just ask Trent Dilfer. But if he's average, then he's not the best. This isn't the best thing to happen to the Chicago Bears, excluding Super Bowls. 
I mean, I, I agree with you. I don't think that it's the greatest day in Chicago history. I think they got a long ways to go before they should be jumping up and down through the streets singing the, shup- the Super Bowl shuffle again because I'm going to tell you right now, I like Fields. I like Fields quite a lot. Very good. I yes, think, I do too. I think Nagy stinks. He's terrible. I think that whole <laughs> front office is horrendous. I think they need to, you know, take a hike, kick rocks, go go somewhere else because it's not going to work out. But I do like Fields in Chicago with the players around him. That's where I definitely agree with you, Ray, that the talent's there for Chicago to do something. But, you know, I had an interesting conversation about it uh, with a couple buddies is they've been to the playoffs now, the double doink against the Eagles, and then the embarrassment to the Saints. What? So are we saying that Justin Fields has to win the one playoff game to – keep Nagy's job to keep that whole front office together I think I think Nagy gets his job for at least three more years now I think because he made it to the play well but here's the thing do you want to put your new rookie quarterback say say they fail this year right say they five six games do you fire Matt Nagy and put your rookie quarterback through another system that'd be three systems in three years going from his Ohio State system to Nagy system to the next guy. So you're saying system. you're saying because of the pick that they made, now the owner of the Bears have to rock with Nagy. I think you have to rock with Nagy I, I can agree with until you. You Justin to. Fields is done. I think you have to because it's not a Cleveland Browns situation sure. where like Hugh Jackson was so horrible, right? Sure. And let's let's call a spade a spade. Until last year, Baker didn't look good. They got lucky that they hired Stefanski, who was the right coach to put around him offensively baker turned it on when greg williams was there though i will say that the second half of his rookie year he stepped up okay but again his best year is with stefanski yes unless you know that you're going to find a stefanski baker situation i don't see how you can fire Nagy because of all the stress that you're going to put on your quarterback it seems like setting him up to fail i think by them drafting fields, it's them telling Nagy, hey, you're, you've got three years. Boy, he better make the best of it. I'll tell you what. He's got a quarterback who's at least got talent enough to make plays. He has the talent, and he definitely has the drive and the want. So it'll be interesting to see how all five of these quarterbacks turn out. They all seem like good dudes. They all seem like they, you know, I mean, Mac Jones has his mistakes, but they all seem like fairly intelligent individuals. They all seem like they want to win. So I'm interested to see how it'll work out. Uh, I can't wait to come back like in five years and just be like, Hey, was this a good, like how good were these quarterbacks? Did they really change their pro their, um, their franchises or did they not? It'll be all very interesting. We're going to get into a very, very quick break right now. We got to play some underwriters. We got bills to pay. We went super long. So the whole rest of the show, it's all going to be winners and losers. And maybe we'll get into a couple players to watch. This is Sunday Sports Central. Welcome back to Sports Central. Welcome on back into the show. Shoot, we should have taken the bench warmer second hour. We should have came in at one and made Cajel and Cody get out of here so we could talk all about the draft because we are flying through it right now and we haven't even gotten into our winners and losers. Obviously, I'm your host, Will Ortner. Ray Green's over here. Gabe Strasbaugh's over there. Gabe, I want to start with you. I think we'll go clockwise about who do you think, what team won this draft? I can't believe I'm saying this because I really don't want to say this. I think that – oh, God, uh, I'm going to have to go with it. I think the Carolina Panthers won the draft. I think the Carolina mm, Panthers yeah. draft also started with Darnold because I do have a lot of faith in Darnold. But I think that they won the draft because of a guy like J.C. Horn, just adding that to um, oh Dante Jackson in the secondary. I think that's a huge upgrade for Carolina. And they got Terrence Marshall, who was – an absolute stud at LSU for a long time. You pair him with DJ Moore and you pair him with Robbie Anderson with Christian McCaffrey in the backfield and Juba Hubbard. I hate being a Saints fan today just because of how well they did in their draft. I don't know how well they did. They drafted a uh, long snapper. So I'd be happy if I were you that they did that. That's, that's Actually, about the only thing. The, the long snapper, you know, Will, he's from our area. He's from Skyview High School. Is he really? Good for him. Yeah, Good for him. Hey, look at Shout out Skyview. That being said, uh, I made a joke there, but no, I, I do like their draft too. I I really like J.C. Horn. 
He's a strong, big, physical corner. He basically he plays kind of the old Brandon Browner, Richard Sherman style back in uh, the Legion of Boom, where basically they're going to force the the excuse me the um, official to throw a flag. We are going to be physical. We're going to grab you. They're not going to throw a flag every time for pass interference. And we think that most of the time when it comes to key, key downs and distances, they're going to swallow the whistle. So we're going to force you to do that. It's a risky style of play, but it worked for Seattle. And I, I knew I loved it when I watched Browner and uh, Sherman do it. So I like the J.C. Horn pick. I'm right there with you. I would have thought Sertan would have went before Horn, but – he fits the system over in Carolina, so I, I agree with you there. Think about who they got to play against, too. You're playing against Julio, Mike Evans, and mm-hmm. the best wide receiver in the NFL, Michael Thomas. Yes. No, for sure. Well, and then they ha- they got my – he's not my favorite player, but I love Dante Brown. That is the uh, the big offensive guard with the big old neck roll mm-hmm. who just looks like a behemoth of a man out of Alabama. Yeah, they got him in a late round, but, dude, he's 6'3", 345, and he's just bullies people. <laughs> He gave up, like, one sack in, like, three years of starting. He's an absolute freak. He's – dude, he's awesome. Oh, you're talking awesome. about Deontay Brown. Deontay Brown, yeah. Oh, okay. I, You know what? They're not the overall winners for me, but I like the draft. I do. Yeah, I don't know. I I did like some of their picks, like their first couple. I liked, I liked Horn, and I liked Marshall from LSU. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked the running back from Oklahoma State. He was cool. Um, I'm not too sure about um, – them drafting Shai Smith from South Carolina, yeah, I wasn't really bought on that guy, but sure. I and then tied in from from Notre Dame, I believe. I don't know if he was. I don't Tommy know if he's Tremble. Really, yeah, I don't know if he's amazing, but I do know that he is going to be a great uh, run blocker for sure when it comes to run blocking. But yeah, they definitely got what they needed at this draft. Like they needed mm-hmm. receivers, they needed DBs, and they needed like one more. They needed like one more back in that backfield because they don't really have a. A guy that can help out McCafferty because you know Mike, uh, what was it? Mike Davis? He's he was good for the games that he filled in for. Yeah. But then yeah. once McCafferty came back, he literally went way way down, and you know, and see, McCafferty wasn't even getting all his snaps that he would usually get. He was on a limited snap count yeah. when he came back, so they kind of needed more production. So I think that this new fresh rookie running back will help with that, but. To go back on your comment, Gabe, about you saying Mike Thomas, Mike Thomas is the best receiver in the league. Oh no, that's question. that's disrespectful to uh, Devontae Adams. <laughs> Devontae Adams is the coldest receiver in the game right now. I mean, yeah, that's cool. Only because Mike was hurt, though. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I would call Mike Evans slant boy before I call him the best <laughs> hey, receiver in the league. Is he making the catches again? The first downs. Well, I mean, he didn't because he was on my fantasy team and he didn't get me anything. All right, Ray. <laughs> Ray, who's yeah. your winner from the draft? Man, my winner. I already said it. I think it was the uh, the Dolphins. Man, they they did amazing. I think they did amazing in this draft. They're really they're so like the last time around, right? They got Tua, mm-hmm. and that's who they, that's their guy that they're going with. They got rid of uh, uh, um, what was his name? Fitzmagic, right? Yeah, yeah. got rid of him. So their guy is definitely Tua. So then they what they do? They get some guys to put around them, and I think that's perfect that they got Jalen Waddle. I mean, he's been throwing to him since he was in college. And now they're going to come back in the NFL and do that. They got an edge rusher because that defense is very, very solid, and they just needed more pressure on the QB. They were they were getting a lot of coverage sacks. They weren't getting uh, actual pass rush sacks. Yeah. So this guy from Miami, I think he's a great edge rusher, mm-hmm. and I think he'll definitely bring that. And they needed another tackle, and so they got that guy from Notre Dame. And yeah. that was exactly who – I, I think he gave up like two sacks or two or three sacks in his career, yep. something crazy like that. Good some, numbers. Yeah, crazy numbers. And then the tight end out of uh, Boston College – Hunter Long. Uh, Hunter Long, yeah, he was, he's more of a run blocking guy, and I think that'll be good because they added depth with that Cincinnati running back um, that they just drafted too, yeah, and that just adds depth to their running back field where where they went into serious injury this off season uh, this season um, with uh, Miles Gaskin getting hurt, Breida was hurt for a while, and I think somebody else was hurt, and then Sal Von Ackman, I think he was their uh, Savon, yeah, Savon, yeah, Savon Ackman, uh, he was a uh, he was undrafted free agent, I believe, so. He got the start, I think, in like week seven or eight or something yep. like that, and then finished yep. the season for him. So adding depth to that running back room is even more better. And then that offensive line is already pretty good in the run game, and now they're adding a deep threat, the guy, a guy to take over the top with uh, Dylan Waddle, and then you add you add Parker in there as mm-hmm. well. 
and then uh, I can't and remember. Gusecki. Yeah, and yeah, they have Gusecki. Gusecki, so I mean that that's a solid team right there, no, building around sure. Tua. So that's why I think that they won this draft for sure. I mean, I, I love their first four picks. Uh, Jalen Waddle speaks for himself. I think if he's I like I still don't like. Yes, Devonte uh, Smith, he won the Heisman. Great wide receiver. Still think Jalen Waddle is better than him. If Jalen Waddle doesn't get hurt, I think it's actually probably Jalen Waddle's Heisman. Like that oh, yeah. dude is an absolute. He's, he's walking sure. away with. He, he's like an Devontae. absolute freak. Love Jalen Waddle. If uh, Jalen Phillips doesn't have so many uh, injury issues, specifically with concussions, mm-hmm. that he leaves UCLA, Jalen Phillips is a top ten pick. Like he is that much of a freak. He is a great edge rusher, and everybody knows you need a lot of edge rushers, right? I I love that pick for them. It finally gives someone to match with Wilkins on the D-line. Exactly. Um, So now you've got pressure up the middle, and now you're going to have someone coming off the edge like that. Love Javon Holland. Loved him at Oregon. He's a great safety. He's always around the ball. Super ball hawking uh, type player. Super instinctual. And then I love uh, Liam Eikenberg. He's gigantic, 6'6", 305, huge tackle, doesn't give up a lot of sacks. He's coming out of Notre Dame, right? Notre Dame has kind of turned into O-line U, really. When you look at it, at all the stars that have come out, uh, McGlinchey, and then you're talking Nelson, uh, I believe Zach Martin as well. So you know he's coming out of a system where they know how to pass pro they know how to run block and now you can move austin jackson who kind of struggled a little bit last year you can move him inside to guard and let him kind of bulk up a little bit and try and become more of a run blocker since it seems like he can't quite handle the edge i i love those picks you strengthened your defense you got two key players one as a target and one as a protector for your quarterback they're good drafts still don't think they're the best but they're good i think they missed on not taking a big linebacker I think that it hurt them losing Vinoy because you're losing your leader. You're pretty much your only leadership on defense and your signal caller. I, the thing I was disappointed with with Miami is that they didn't seem to take that that Mike linebacker in the middle to really truly make the difference. Um, I like Waddle also. I you know I keep hearing the Tyree Kill comparison, but I am a little scared about his injury. Um, but I, I do have to agree with you on Eichenberg. I think the guy is an absolute stud. Yep. All right. And so for me, I'm the last one. My winner and everybody else should be terrified. It's the Kansas City Chiefs. Not scared at all. It you should be a, absolutely terrified. Why why draft. did Kansas City lose in the Super Bowl? Offensive line. Because their offensive line was absolutely garbage. That and Patrick Mahomes the, didn't make great decisions. I mean, because he, had, he, had he like was he, he didn't have any time because oh. his O line got absolutely demolished and what did kansas city do in the offseason they went out and they got kyle long brought him back uh from his retirement they went out and they got orlando brown then in the draft they went out and they took creed humphreys who that's a big boy too and he's a absolute steal they got him at the end of the second round second to last pick in the second round creed humphreys people were talking about him being the first center off the board they were talking about him being a first rounder the dude is so smart. When you so, I listen to Duke Mannyweather. He's kind of like it's like him and LaCharles Bentley are mm-hmm. the kind of the big O line guru guys yeah. kind of out there right now. Duke raves about this guy. I watched him on the Big Boy Club. If you haven't seen it, check it out. It's on YouTube. Jeff Schwartz and Duke Mannyweather do a fantastic job it's at great that. Commentary. And they're just talking about O-line play. And a lot of people don't understand it, but when you look at Humphrey, he's so stinking smart. He's always setting himself up. He's got great hips that he's able to use and put himself in a great position for blocking. Then, in the sixth round, they went out and they got Trey Smith out of Tennessee. Now, you might go, who is Trey Smith? Trey Smith was the number one offensive line recruit in his class. Trey Smith, the only reason he fell to sixth is because he has some health concerns. But when you talk to him and people have talked to him, he says, you shouldn't be concerned about them. We found a way for me to work through them. And when he's working through them, this dude is an absolute freak. He tested off the charts. They're talking about him like in the 99th percentile in a lot of the tests for his like size and position, right? Yeah. And so people were saying that he should be a second rounder. You got him in the sixth round. They're saying he could come in tomorrow and start, right? 
I absolutely love the pick. And then not to mention they got Nick Bolton for inside linebacker, another position that they needed. They went out and they filled it. They got a pretty good defensive end in Joshua uh, Kiendo out of Florida State. Dude, if you build through the O-line, I'm always going to love you. And so right there at that moment, I knew that they had won the draft for me. But then to go and fill some holes that you have on the defensive end, that's icing on the cake. I love what Kansas City did. This draft yeah. seems to me like they might help them out in a couple years, but I don't think they're going to make an immediate impact. But I also think that part of that has to do with the Super Bowl hangover. Interesting. Interesting. You think you think it's going to take them a while to get over that? Absolutely. So, I, so, I very much think so. so. You, I think it could cripple them. So you think Patrick Mahomes might have a Russell Wilson like next couple of years? I don't know if I would necessarily say Russell, but I think that – you know who I would say? I think he could have more of a Matt Ryan. And the reason I say that is because I still think that you could be on top of the passing charts, you know, all across the board, but I don't think it's going to relate in a ton of wins. Interesting. I uh, yeah, I, I think it. I still I think, think it, it runs through I think it depends them. on their on their defense, but that offense is so dynamic that they could just outscore everybody and win. But when it comes to playoff football, like like uh, like we saw, they just needed an offensive line and they did that. So I, I do like their draft, but I still I'm still going with Miami as the as the best draft. Gotcha. All right, boys, we are going to do losers next. Gabe, you kicked us off for winners, so I'm going to have you kick us off for losers. Who do you think lost? Uh, the Seahawks. I think that I think it was a horrible Ooh. draft for them. I think that wide receiver pick was absolutely ridiculous when you have a guy like Terrence Marshall on the board. Uh, it, it just – Yeah, what was that guy's name, Dwayne Eckridge? Yeah, Dwayne Eskridge. Eskridge. Why? Why? Why do you want another Tyler Lockett? We already have Tyler. They already have a Tyler Lockett. You've already got a DK. You have speed. You've got David Moore. You've got Swain. What's David the point Moore's of, gone? That's he, why they drafted him. He is gone. Where did he end up? He's going? Carolina. Oh my! Carolina's about to go undefeated. <laughs> no, they're not. Um, no. I, I, yeah, I'm just not. I'm not big into the Seahawks picks at that point. I, at this point, I would have rather them not drafted anybody and traded their picks to get more later on and just rocked with the team that you had. I, I'm a Seahawks honk, so I'll own that. But I, I like who they picked. I, I like Dwayne Eskridge. Um, yeah, he's a little bit shorter, a more Tyler Lockett type. But guess who's been playing really well in the league right now? Tyler Lockett types. Tyler Lockett plays well. Small wide receiver. Tyreek Hill plays well. Small wide receiver. Uh, Stephon Diggs plays really well. Smaller wide receiver. You're starting to see an emergence now of a smaller wide receiver type. A 5'9 to 5'11 wide receiver that is super fast, which is exactly what Eskridge is. He runs a 4'3'9. And he can cut on a dime because he's so small and he doesn't have to take as many steps to break down to get in and out of his route cuts. I like that. They finally went out and drafted an offensive tackle, an offensive lineman. Yeah, he's a late rounder, but Stone Forsythe, he's 6'8", 307. He's absolutely massive. I think he's too big. I think there is something to be said about guys who are too big because remember that guy, that cat who was in Minnesota a few years ago, the guy from, uh, was it like Poland or something like that? He was massive. No. He was like 6'10". Yeah. There's just certain guys. It just doesn't seem like the dudes that big usually work out, and that's because the defensive linemen in this league are so fast, and they're usually so much smaller. It'd be easier to get around. But, you know, when you know a guy like Stephon Diggs, who else are they throwing to, though, in Buffalo? That's partially, I think, why he uh, has John Brown. Brown. Yeah, bu- all Buffalo's wide gonna, receivers. Um, but I'm not putting Beasley. that. But Beasley, none of them are over six. But I'm not putting that name, though, next to a guy like DK Metcalf. I think that's where the issue stems is okay. there's just too many mouths to feed then at that point in Seattle. Interesting. Okay. Interesting yeah. take. I right. mean, yeah, I think Seattle definitely lost. They're probably like the third worst, in my opinion, because, mm. I mean, they didn't help the offensive line. The receiver that they took, um, I mean, it's whatever. You can you can always find a guy that has a lot of speed and can you know take off the top of the defense. But you already have that with DK and, and Tyler Lockett. The only pick that I really like was Trey Brown out of Oklahoma, cornerback. Um, he's, he's solid. He's, he's a very solid guy. Stud. He didn't he never gave up a lot of uh, deep balls. And one thing is he's pretty short. Yeah. So when he come when it comes up to playing against guys like D Hop, yeah, like D Hop, it's yeah. going to be difficult for him if he starts. I'd probably put him at the nickel position, kind of like a like a booter, like a booter Baker kind of corner, but mm. booter, booter, booter play also plays safety. Yeah, so yeah. I'd put him at like a nickel more position. of a nickel. Gotcha. Yeah, that's it, it for me though. It's interesting. You're you're starting to see the league go smaller. It's like they went big corners because big receivers were big, and then all of a sudden teams started getting small receivers. 
and they were dusting the big uh, corners. And so now you're starting to see a switch over to now small corners again. I, I find it interesting how that's kind of worked out. Ray, real quick, who's your loser from the draft? So my loser was the Raiders. Oh, my goodness. They drafted <laughs> nobody. Yep. There was – I mean, when you look at the list – Do they ever? They, uh, Yeah, they always mess up something. I mean, it's the, it's the Raiders. They always do something something like that. So John Gruden and, and Mike Mayock, they, they had a rough, 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 rough draft. I think they overthought the draft. I mean, they got a good tackle in Alabama – with leather, it's too early, wood. too but early. I mean, yeah, took him way too early, and then they got the safety Trevor Morig or whatever how you say his last name. Sorry if I butchered that, but that guy he kind of reminds me of uh, Abraham, kind of mm-hmm. Abram that they got. Yeah, just another hard hitting yep. safety that can't cover. So you're not improving in that position. You got another linebacker who kind of was iffy at Buffalo, and that conference is iffy too. So yeah. you know you don't really see too much, and then. I mean, three safeties in one draft. Yeah, they got three safeties because they know they need a safety. It's called dominating but, a position. What do you expect? Mayock used to be a safety. <laughs> yeah, and the, but none of those guys, none of those guys had any type of good coverage on their film. When I was looking at their film, yeah, no good coverages. No, There's no like intercept, big interception plays. So I, I, I just think that they made a big mistake in this draft. They, they needed to fill corner safety. Needed to get another receiver. Needed um, some offensive linemen that were actually decent and didn't give up sacks and could run block, and they just didn't do that. Gabe, you uh, you dissect this first, and then I'll end it. Uh, yeah, I you know, I, I want to dissect it, but I kind of agree. I mean, I think the Raiders really did fail here. I think that they, like you said, overthought the draft a bit too much. Um, you get rid of four of your offensive linemen, and you take a guy far too early. And it just seems like I would have rather of them traded some of their picks to then move up and take better linemen. I, you know, to be honest, when they got rid of their linemen in the offseason, that to me immediately screams trade up, get Slater, get Sewell. Yep. Nope. And here's the beauty of ending the show because that is who I would have picked as well. I think Vegas, they reached on Leatherwood. You were going to get him in the second round. He, you had an early second round pick. That's about where he was supposed to get picked up at, right? And if you miss Leatherwood, there were still really good tackles on the board. Jenkins was still on the board at that point. Walker Little was still on the board at that point. There were tons of offensive linemen that were still there. Yep, you're you, right. You completely just dismantled your whole O-line, <laughs> except for what, Colton Miller? And you've done almost nothing in the draft to get it. You drafted three safeties when you only need one, right? So are you just like assuming that all three? Like, I just I don't understand it. Are you going to try to move one of them to corner? Well, you drafted a corner. Well, so wait, I, what if they move Abraham down to linebacker? Maybe, but the, but dude, he gets hurt playing safety. I, you're yeah. not wrong. I He's definitely gonna, agree with that. You think he can play in the trenches? He gets hurt hitting. He, he gets receivers. hurt hitting wide receivers and then hitting the stinking camera poles, man. He dude. I, I don't I don't like the draft. I don't understand it, and they just seem to be really good right now at treading water in Vegas. I, I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense to me. But then again, what was it? Ten years ago, people were saying the same stuff about the Seahawks, and look at the Seahawks. So I, I'm not going to count them completely out, but I definitely right now think oh. that they, oh, I'm they lost. Them out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They lost the draft. All right, guys, I want to thank you guys both so much for coming on to the show. But unfortunately, we have to get out on a break. Shoot, maybe we'll uh, have you guys back on Sunday and we'll just keep talking the draft. It was so much fun. I, uh, I wish we could extend it out to two hours, but Jeff said no. So thank you guys so much for being on the show. Thank you all for listening. Love you all. Bye-bye.